everyone. I'm your host, Sam Evans, and welcome to Lifestyle Redesigned, the podcast. Every week, I interview both entrepreneurs and travelers about their success stories and how they made their dream lives into reality. Whether you're someone who has always wanted to travel but doesn't know where to start, an aspiring entrepreneur looking to build a thriving business, or anyone in between, our guests will share their experiences and insights on how they've succeeded at living what I like to call the unconventional life. So get ready to be inspired as we explore the stories of those who have successfully redesigned their lives. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce Cassie Tucker, co-host of the Marketing Happy Hour podcast and co-founder of Cam Media a content strategy agency based in Tampa, Florida. With almost a decade of experience in social media, marketing, public relations, photography, and consulting, you could say Cassie is an expert at navigating the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, especially at the young age of 27. Throughout this episode, we will be talking about career confidence, creating a healthy work-life balance, the importance of your personal brand, and all the secrets and ugly truths of entrepreneurship that nobody talks about. So with all that said, thank you so much for being on and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sam, so much. I'm so excited to be here and just really stoked to get into it, chat with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on. I'm really excited. Well, before we get into all of the questions, I'd love for my listeners to learn more about you and kind of hear how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So man, I definitely wear a lot of hats in my day-to-day. I own a content strategy agency called Cam Media, and it's really adapted over the years from mostly being social media driven now towards content strategy, which includes email marketing, website UX or user experience, and content and podcasting as well. And I do a little bit of social media still, but I found myself getting burnt out with that being my main day-to-day. So I've Mm -hmm. had to shift over the last uh, few months and years uh, just to get out of that as being my main my main intention and goal and solution for clients every day. So before starting the agency, I worked in the hospitality world. So I worked at Disney for a little bit in Orlando. I worked in the restaurant industry. So really learned about customer service and infusing that into businesses. And that's really a focus of what I do now. I really like to prioritize the client experience and make sure that they are taken well care of. And then also that continues and is fused into the customer experience as well. So when I'm helping those clients build out their content, uh, the experience online, just making sure that the client or the customer need, want, desire experience is taken into consideration. But I know on your show too, that travel and just going to new places is, is part of the infusion of your content. And so with my personal experience, I've been everywhere. And I was just telling you off record, I lived in New York City for a little bit. i was born in Ohio, raised there, lived in Florida for a long time, moved to Orlando, moved to Kentucky. So I've been all all over the place, but just experiencing new things. I get really antsy of being in the same place for too Mm -hmm. long. So I love to just, even if it's just traveling to new places, seeing new things when I feel stuck or uh, just unmotivated is definitely helpful for me. So yeah, that's pretty much it. But yeah, marketing happy hour too is is the other part of my day, but uh, running the agency is most of it. Yeah. So what got you into like even wanting to go from working for somebody else to working for yourself? You know, I think that A, I totally agree with you and can relate with you on the social media part of it, of how like 
you can burn out very quickly because it's pretty much like a 24 hour thing. So when you did start it, you know, how did you feel about becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing was I was living in New York, like I said, and I was working for a social media agency, which was a great experience, just mostly from being in-house. So just working with one brand to working with many, it was like 10, 12 at a time. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the client experience wasn't the best it could be. I feel like clients were really treated like just a number and an income stream. And there wasn't careful attention paid to that client and understanding their goals, their desires, and their customers and how we were supposed to be marketing to them. And so... I felt this need for creating a better client experience on the agency side. And I unintentionally kind of fell into it too, because people just started approaching me. They said, Hey, I've seen you worked in social. I feel like you could help me out. This is the need that I have. Like, what do you think? And I was like, All right, cool. So I started getting side hustle work in social media, managing other brands. And so tried to figure out the client process there what worked, what didn't. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I think I could eventually do this for myself and learning all of those skill sets, like I said, from Disney, from figuring out the way to do business well. I was like, let me just go for it and see what happens. So um, kind of fell into it that way. But I ended up leaving New York to go back to Florida to get a director of marketing position, mostly because I felt like that was my natural next step to start my own business, just to get some of that leadership experience, figure out what it was like to run a whole department, manage people, because that was really the missing piece for me. So I did that for a little bit. And then my side hustle got so big that I was just ready to take the leap. In October of 2019, I left my job and I haven't been in the corporate world since. Yeah. And now now how do you feel? Do you think you would go back or are you... (laughs) You know, I think that's also like a loaded question for entrepreneurs. It's like, of course, we would want, you know, life to be taken care of and all of that stuff when you work for someone else. But I think there's like perks of entrepreneurship, too. Yeah, for sure. It's so funny. One of my clients literally just asked me the same question, which is like, it was my client. Like, what am I supposed to say to my client? Yeah, I'll leave tomorrow. (laughs) Go, go, uh, Go get a job somewhere. I, I think it's important as entrepreneurs and you know depending on your situation you may disagree or, or whatever to be open to opportunities i think for us like especially at a young age like we're in our 20s even 30s even into 40s like you really don't know what the next day holds you don't know what what is available to you in the future so being open to it i think is is good even if you're like it's a 30% chance it's going to happen. Like at least have that 30% available to you, you know, talk to people, figure out what's available out there. And so I think for me, yes, if the right position came about, I would really have to assess it and make sure it's the right thing to do because entrepreneurship is really great, but there's also challenges. So There's a lot of flexibility. There's a lot of just making your own schedule, traveling when you want to. You don't have to worry about PTO and all this stuff. But the, I think for me, the just knowing what I'm going to be making in a given month is appealing to me Mm -hmm, (laughs) just because there is a lot of, a lot of ups and downs. So I don't know. What about you? What do you think? I mean, so I started like my freelancing journey in the beginning of 2022. So again, that same thing, I almost fell into it in the sense of like, 
I was doing it for another company and was like, well, I can do this for more people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was working for like almost exactly the same thing that you said. I was working for this company, but also like helping people out here and there making like 400 bucks a month, 500 bucks a month. Like, you know, we all started at that, like, oh my God, they're paying me $500 a month to be on their social media. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm like, there is no way that I would run somebody's social media for that much yeah. because it's like, <laughs> it's like, that was so like 24 work. hours of work. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So I agree with you in the sense of like, it's hard. It's really hard. And because I graduated the same year that I started freelancing, I wasn't doing I wasn't doing the same thing that any of my friends were doing that anybody I knew was doing. Everybody graduated school right. and had their job lined up, you know? I didn't really want that. I really like the freedom piece of entrepreneurship is honestly what keeps me in it because I travel so often because I love going places and, and seeing new things and all of that stuff. So that's like the main motivation, you know, as to like why I want to continue doing it. And then this year, just a month ago is when I switched, like I combined the podcast and the services and like blogs and all of that stuff into lifestyle redesigned now as a company. So that's kind of like my main project this year. And again, like I'm about to be 23. So I'm still like very new to everything. And right now I'm like, all right, I'm going to try it for this year, two years, three years. If it doesn't work, you know what I mean? It's like, I can always kind of go back. But when Mm -hmm. you're in the corporate world for so long, I definitely think it's harder to like make that switch into entrepreneurship because you're so used to like the steady income, the the insurance and the the perks and the benefits of all of that. So right now I'm in the, I'm just going to try it and see what happens phase. Yeah. And then, you know, if it works, it does. If it doesn't, like, I know I have definitely something to like go back to or lean on, 100%. but yeah, the freedom of it, the freedom of it. It's like, I just don't think I'm going to get that anywhere else besides working for myself. It's hard. And even for remote positions, like you're still it's like you have to be logged on between nine to five and all of this stuff. And so I think too, the other thing that makes or break breaks entrepreneurs is the decision. You get to this point where there's a lot of challenges. I'm sure even like over a year in or about to be a year in for you, you've probably face different challenges that has made you question like, is this the right decision? And should I be doing this? And I'm now almost in October, I'll be gosh, four years in. And I even question that every single day. But then I think for me, I have to figure out why am I doing this in the first place? What is firing me up about this? And knowing that challenges are going to be there regardless of if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in the corporate world. Right. And so just thinking about that why and that's the fuel that keeps you going. So that's what I I try to do. And sure, the corporate doors open for me if I need it, but it's going to take a lot, I think, for me to want to make that decision to even consider something like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. I mean, as an entrepreneur now kind of touching on like the work-life balance, do you think after four years of being an entrepreneur and just being in the industry for this long, do you think it exists? Do you think you've mastered it? Do you think it's something that you feel like you always have to work at? Like, what are your thoughts on like the topic of work-life balance as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So this is an interesting subject. And I think there's a lot of different opinions on this. And I heard 
the other day from one of my mentors. He said, there's no such thing as work-life balance. It's just balance because you don't have a work-life. You don't have a, a life-life. Like it's just one life. And so figuring out what that means to you. And I think it looks differently for everyone. And so for me, it's it's a challenge because both my husband and I, we work from home. Like we run our own businesses. We do the marketing. We do the sales. We do the we do everything, the client communication. And so that is hard sometimes to create this balance or this boundary with work. And I think there's seasons too. You know, there's seasons where maybe you're launching your business for the first time or you're you're combining your podcast with your business. And like that right. takes a lot of work to get it up and running. There's busier seasons with client work. There's slower seasons with client work. So assessing where you're at in a given period and figuring out what you need to do during that time to make sure the work gets done, but also that you do have your sanity. And I think a lot of that comes with just being super organized, setting up systems in place to make sure that you know where things are on a regular basis. I'm uh, really diving in recently to... It's a book. I'm literally staring at it right now called Building a Second Brain. And it's like, how do you manage your knowledge that you're consuming on a regular basis to make it organized, to make it easy to search and find? And so Notion is the app that I'm using to kind of set all this stuff up. And so I'm trying to get better because... For a while, I was working and I love working. So that's the other thing. Some people don't love working as I do. I really enjoy working. I don't know how you feel, Sam, but like I get stuck into working until 7 p.m., 8 p.m. sometimes just because I time gets away from me and, and whatever. But I think with relationships and life and just doing things outside of work that enriches us and motivates us is important. And so figuring out what makes sense, how often you need to work that in. Do you need to shut off the computer at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. to build your relationship with your husband or your boyfriend or or what have you? Just figure out a system that works for you and adjust it depending on the seasons uh, that you come across. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing that I would say is a big struggle with work-life balance is actually communicating it with Mm -hmm. like not only your clients, but just like your, the people in your life, you know, and I've, that's like my biggest struggle is I also love to work, but it's not necessarily that I like to work. I just don't feel like my work is like actual work. You know what I mean? So Right. right now I'm doing like social media management and online business management. So like the stuff that I'm doing is like very creative, very fun. I only have like one or two, a couple meetings a week. And the rest of it is like my time to be creating stuff for brands that I actually like, you know, that was like a big goal when I started freelancing and just started my own thing was I want to work with people who I actually like and the brands that I actually enjoy doing stuff for. But that creates the problem of like, my partner is not in the entrepreneur space in terms of like working all the time, you know, so he has more of like a set schedule. So it's like when I am working at 7 p.m., it's like, oh, Sam, you're working all the time. But it's like, I don't I don't even feel like I am, you know. So how would you say you've like set boundaries with clients and also just people in your life in terms of like having some sort of boundary and, and balance? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so hard. And I've totally dealt with that before. Like, even though my husband has his own company, he is very different 
in the mentality of how much you should be working, but his schedule is also very different and more flexible than mine. So it's it's just different. And so I think for clients, having that conversation at the very beginning is going to be crucial. So whether you have an onboarding call or an onboarding document, and I recommend this is something I am working on setting up for myself too, but recommend just reiterating a lot of those details in a document that you can send to them that they can have. And even if you need to put it in contracts too, you know, just have it over communicated and telling people, Hey, I don't answer emails on Saturdays. I don't respond to DMs on Sundays. I don't, you know, whatever it is that you do and do not want to do, make that very clear at the beginning so that there's no room for question or for confusion right. as you, as you get further in on the, the client relationship building process. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing with more of those personal relationships, again, I think just being clear depending on the season that you're in. For me specifically with my husband, like we'll kind of sit down. It's very unstructured, but we'll kind of talk about what does our week look like coming up? What meetings do we have? What days do we have that are a little bit lighter? What days are heavier? Any projects we're working on that are going to take more work than we expected? And just kind of communicate all of that stuff. And then at the beginning of each day, just making sure you have time with your partner at the beginning of the day, you know, just, just, the building time in for those relationships. And um, then with that communicating, okay, today I'm going to have to work until seven instead of six because I really have to finish this deadline or finish this project. And so just again, over communicating, if you have to share a schedule or literally print a schedule off a calendar off and put it on your wall for everyone to see, like whatever you need to do, just make it super clear because you don't want to create that frustration. I've been there with my husband. Like we have had conversations about just, you said you were going to be off at five and you're off at seven. And so just knowing your personal expectations, but also communicating those expectations with others and having them hold you accountable too. you know, maybe telling like, Hey, if I work until six 30, tell me to get off the computer, like right, right. having someone for that encouragement. So I don't know, it's a challenge, but I think over communicating, being really organized and uh, just anticipating what could happen in a given season of your life. Yeah. I like what you said, how the over-communication part is a very important because sometimes you kind of just like brush it, brush it by, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to answer emails today or on Fridays or whatever, where you're not giving, you know, your clients and your partners and things like that, like specific times, because most people don't really listen to that. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, she'll be, she'll answer me just this one time. And then that one time turns into like every weekend, you know? Yes, absolutely. But I also think it does help personally. And like, I know that you can relate to this of, of being with somebody that is also in the entrepreneur field or has the same sort of mindset when it comes to working. You know what I mean? So like, we know that we're going to be working most likely more than 40 hours a week. And it's not because yeah. we're like, uh, you know, we have to work from 6 a.m. To, to 10 p.m. Like this sucks. It's more like I have to wake up. You know, I do this. I do this. It's very exciting as an entrepreneur, like working. You decided to do that. That's why we work so much is because we actually like what we do for the most part. Yeah. And having somebody there that actually understands that is also important because not to say that every entrepreneur needs to date an entrepreneur, you know, of course, yeah. <laughs> of course not. Right. But, 
but it, yeah. like that's like a, a box that they have to check, you know? <laughs> yes. But I think that the mindset piece at least is very important and the communication piece and like the actual understanding of this is when I have to work. This is what I'm doing. I love what I do. So it's not that I'm ignoring you. I'm just like, right. So, so excited about what I am doing. And then also actually, so I've started like time blocking and kind of doing that. And this might be like OCD, but it's like actually put in like three hours or four hours of like a date night, a movie night, going out to eat, like a beach day, whatever it is, like actually put that in your schedule because then you won't like it won't, you know, like just go by the wayside, you know, you'll actually have it planned. A lot of us are also very like type A people. So I think that that helps for sure. Yes. Oh yeah. 100% time blocking has been huge. Like I'll literally do the same thing. We live pretty close to to Disney. And that's like one of the things we like to do together, just like go to the parks. And I'll literally put like Magic Kingdom in my calendar. Right. So I know because if you don't, like like you said, Sam, like you'll just schedule over it or you'll forget about it. Because a lot of things with whether it's relationships personally or professionally with clients, like for me at least, if I don't write it down, if I say I'm gonna do it, but I don't have a set plan or I I don't put it in my calendar or I don't anticipate it within my structure that I built for myself. Like it's, it's not going to happen. So figure out, even if it's just like, you feel like it's overboard, like it's overboard for me to put in, go to the gym or take a break for lunch to like sit down with my (laughs) husband or or my partner and like sit there and actually have a face-to-face conversation without a phone. Like, yeah, it's overkill sometimes, but if it ensures you actually do it and you prioritize those different things, then I don't see what's wrong with that. So yeah, yeah. that's a 100% great tip. Yeah. Yeah. For all of us type A people out there, you know, <laughs> add it to your calendar and you'll Huge be Huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. So now kind of going more into like the growth of your business and just the growth of you as an entrepreneur, how would you say, how would you define career confidence and how has it like impacted the success of your business? Yeah. So for me, career... Uh, and, and this is hard because I think career confidence can look just same with everything else we've been talking about, can look a lot different to different people. I have been in seasons and fairly recently and just even days where I wake up and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Like, I don't know if I'm doing a, a good enough job at this stuff. And so having again the focus on that why you're doing what you're doing all the time is really huge because i think things happen in entrepreneurship things happen with clients frustrations happen challenges occur that really do make you question and figure out am i where i'm at for a reason and you just have to have your eye on those goals and on on the purpose for why you started doing what you are doing in the first place. I think the other thing too with careers, like we a lot of times, and I don't think social media has really helped with this, but mm. we look at our resumes or our LinkedIn channels or whatever. And we're like, my career doesn't look as fancy or cool as right. this other person's. And I think the issue with that is we I'm a strong believer that like we've all been where we were for a reason and there's also so much value to take out of each position 
So even for me, like looking back at when I was a barista at Starbucks, I'm like, what can I learn from that? Well, I learned how to set up process for providing a quick, fast client experience. I learned how to provide excellent customer experiences. I learned about product education and the importance of like telling people about every nuance of your business and like why that matters to them. And it's just all part of the whole experience. And so... I think even from those little non-professional jobs to like the starter coordinator jobs or the manager jobs and all the way up, like thinking about what did each of those experiences add to you? And that again, is going to look differently for everyone. And so I think for, for me, I started to realize that looking negatively at my past and knowing that if things would have been different, I would maybe feel better about my career is not going to help you feel any better about it. So just knowing there's so much value to your process, to your all these stepping stones that you've been through, and just knowing that that has just shaped you into the professional that you are today. But also just be forward thinking. Like Don't look back negatively on your past. Look ahead. Figure out what you have to do to reach your goals. Set solid goals in place for yourself and just do what you can to uh, work towards them and achieve them. Yeah. Yeah. And with social media as well, and honestly, and I hate to like, I hate to say this, but especially in the, in like the US, your job title is your value. And mm-hmm. that is probably like one of the worst things and something that I really try to like preach against is like, yeah. you are not defined by what you do for a living. You know what I mean? And as entrepreneurs, and I had a, I did a podcast episode a couple of weeks ago where this guy was saying, sometimes I'm a CEO, sometimes I'm an accountant, sometimes I'm a friggin' janitor. You know what I mean? Cleaning yeah. up after events or like doing this or doing that. And he was just saying like, when you go and you introduce yourself to someone, you say you're an entrepreneur, but you're also this, you're also this. You know, it's yeah. like, I never understood why it carries so much value. And then I realized that it's, you know, because of money and all of that stuff. And and it's just like this constant cycle of like comparison and and I have to be promoted. I have in order to be like great, you know, yeah. and as entrepreneurs, it's almost the same thing in the sense of like, all right, well, if I can hit like a six figure year, like next year will be seven figures. If I can do this, like all these yeah. people and and talking to you as somebody who's under 30, you know, we're both like very young entrepreneurs. It's like we have to get all this stuff done before we turn 30 so we can make yeah. it in under 30. Like, you know what I mean? And and with TikTok and Instagram, you see like how I made a million dollars before 25. Yeah. As a 22 yeah. year old hearing that, I'm like, oh shit, like <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Like, exactly. am I, is my bank account supposed to have like all those zeros in it? Like, am I not supposed to be spending? Like is saving the answer, you know? And it's just this constant cycle and battle of like, you know, is my career good enough? Is what I'm doing good enough? And then you get to a point where you're 80 years old and nobody's even nobody even cares, you know what I mean, about that stuff. They want to know where you traveled, what impact yep. you had on the world, like all of that stuff. And I think knowing that at 22 and 23 is like what can create that that value outside of your job title. Yeah, 100%. And I think the experiences that we have outside of work are so enriching. And and that's why I even encourage like people at a young age, like I have a young brother and I tell my parents, I'm like, the more that you guys can get him out of 
this bubble that he's in and just out experiencing things and new cultures and what have you. I mean, that helps shape the booking in that margin to go somewhere new or to even experience a new restaurant, you know, just getting out of your day to day that you have and just experiencing new things, I think is, is so incredibly important, but yeah, entrepreneurship is, it's, it's weird. It's crazy, but I think booking in that margin is so incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, how, how do you think your, your personal brand on social media and just online in general has it like built relationships with like-minded people? Has it gotten you clients? Has it just been this like thing that you feel like you have to live up to? You know what I mean? There's like so many different ways that people go about their personal brand. And I'm curious to know how you've gone about yours and how it's like affected your life in general, business, relationships, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Personal brand is huge, I think, for a number of reasons. I also enjoy creating content for myself, I would say sometimes more than for other people, just because I know who I am and I know what I want to talk about. It comes easy. Yeah. I think for us, sometimes working with clients, it's a challenge because we don't know the brand as well as they do. It takes time. There's a learning curve and all this stuff. So that is, I think, where the ease of it comes from. And so I enjoy it first and foremost. And if you don't enjoy it, if you don't enjoy like creating content for yourself, being on camera, there's ways I think to become more comfortable with it and enjoy it more, but like don't force it. So Mm. that's the first thing I would say, say for it. But I think the biggest position that we have to come from with building a personal brand is like, you are there to share your story and to serve people. And so what have you been through? Kind of going back to that career discussion, like what have you done in your past? What have you been through? And how can you share that with people and kind of weave in lessons into there? And I think we think that we don't have a very impactful story or a very important story to share, but we do. And all of our experiences are very unique. And so coming from that angle of, Yeah. Even though you may get 10 likes on a post, you never know. Like maybe there's two people that read that, that were really highly impacted by what you had to share. And I also think figuring out as you figure out like what, where you're trying to go and what you're trying to build. And if you're an entrepreneur, for example, figuring out a way to weave your personal brand into the brand that you're building. And they may be the same thing, right? Like you may not have a separate brand outside of your personal brand. But if you do, like weaving in your personal interests, like if you love to travel and all that stuff, but finding a way to kind of fuse your life as a whole. And again, share stories from your travels, share stories from your experiences and how does that tie together into what you're building and what you're creating. And so I think for me, that has been the real big piece is just figuring out how to communicate that. And I think just overall, the more present we are, the more we're connecting with the audience, the more we're on video too. I know video is a hot topic. People start to build trust with you and the people that you're building trust with in turn sometimes will turn into clients. So, you know, if you're on LinkedIn five days a week posting and someone asks a question about social media and it's like, hey, I saw this post that you shared about five ways to do XYZ. Like that was really great. Can we chat about working together or whatever? You know, that wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have prioritized like putting out content that's valuable to people. But I also think, and I don't know if this is something you'll want to chat about later in the episode, but podcasting too has been huge. So uh, just 
reaching out to guests and building connections with them. I have now become like really close friends with some people that I have had on my show. And that is something that I would have never guessed would have happened, but it has. And it's like such a, such a blessing in my life, but also a lot of people have turned into collaborators. I've done projects with people. And so whether or not you have a podcast, like reaching out to people, don't be afraid to just connect invite them to virtual coffee or in-person coffee, sit down, like figure out ways that you can add to their life, but also just ask them questions. Like people love to share about their lives. So figuring out again, like I said, what are your goals? Where are you trying to go? And in determining the people that you're trying to connect with to get you there, but also uh, creating content that kind of speaks to what you're building in the future and just taking people along for that journey too, I think is is huge. I don't know. What about you? What do you think about building personal brand, what's your experience been like? I mean, so my brand started with my personal brand. So I started Sam Evans Travel when I did my first solo trip in 2020. And that was when I really thought like, I want to go into the travel industry. I want to travel for a living. I want to travel full time. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like all involved with travel. And I started to realize as I was working that I didn't want to make travel work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to feel like traveling was a chore. I wanted to go places and see places and not feel like I had to do this or do that. You know what I mean? And it's great, right? Like working with brands and doing collaborations and stuff like that, every one-off is amazing. And I'm so grateful for those opportunities. But separating it from my business was probably the best thing that I could have done. A, because I can be relatable on both platforms, you know? Mm-hmm. So like with the Sam Evans travel page, all I talk about is like how you can travel, how it changes your life, like how all the truths about traveling and how it's not always gram- glamorous. Like working and traveling is not the most fun thing because you have to work. Like you're not just going to Greece, for example, and you have yeah. two weeks of just like, vacation like you have to take a day or two or more to like contact your clients and like all of that stuff you know what I mean so I talk about that and just like a lot of the relatability stuff on there and then with my business page it's more of like creating your dream no matter what that is you know Mm -hmm. like everybody has these these like far off passions and and dreams that they want to turn into reality and that's kind of where like this podcast and services and all of that stuff comes in. And I think that my personal brand and my business almost like bleed into each other because Mm -hmm. I've turned, you know what I mean? I like to believe that I've turned my dreams into reality. Like I'm living proof that I graduated college. I worked my ass off. I literally folded some ladies laundry for like $20 an hour to pay for things, to go and travel and do all that stuff. And like, you know, like I've done the, the random jobs, the most random jobs and like, to fund all of that stuff to actually do what I love. And so that's when like the personal side of it comes in because I can share those stories and people are like, wow, like she's done it. She has all these guests on her podcast. Like, you know what I mean? She, she preaches all of this stuff. Like then that's where the clients come in. Cause it's like, maybe somebody that watches my video doesn't need my services, but Mm -hmm. their best friend's mom might or whatever, you know? So it's all about like connections like-minded people, people who you can relate to. And I think relatability and value are like the top two things that you can bring to your personal brand in order for it to actually impact your your business and just your, yeah. your presence. 
Absolutely. And I don't, to your point, I don't think that there's, there's always this debate around, should you weave your business in with your personal pages and all right. of this stuff? I think depending on what you're trying to build with your business, it may or may not make sense. And so don't force it. Like I personally have tried to weave my business stuff here and there in with my personal brand. And it's like, I don't know. I just go to my personal pages, like my outlet. And I want to, to your point, I want to talk about like what I'm doing on a day-to-day outside of work. And I I don't really want to post about marketing stuff because I do all of that stuff everywhere else. And and that's fine. I think that's fine. I think for me, you, I've come up with my platform that I want to do that on. And that's LinkedIn where I can kind of fuse the two and I can talk about what I'm up to in life and what I'm up to in business. And then I have my business channels too, that I speak on. So again, I think don't squeeze the life and the fun out of building your brand, do what works for you. And if you try to talk about business on your personal page and it's just like not working and you're not enjoying it. Yeah. Then don't force it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Because people can tell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the other thing. So yeah, so that's the other thing I would say is like, don't force trying to show up on your own page because people can tell. You know what I mean? Like absolutely, your your audience knows when you're actually like happy about posting something or like excited when you're talking about something. And then when you're just like, you feel like you have to and people, yeah, people can tell for sure. I can tell at least for other people too. Oh, 100%. And that also kind of goes back to the whole trends and virality and all of that stuff. I think so many people, whether building their personal brands or their business brands, want to just hop on everything under the sun because they think if they do, it'll go viral and stuff. And it's like, especially if that is not in line with your business and what you're building and what what you're trying to point people to, the value that you're trying to add, it's really confusing. And I don't think those those types of situations convert very well. Because the goal, right, if you do go viral is to get someone onto your page, they see what you do, what you offer and all that stuff. And they make that decision to follow you because it's consistent. It's clear what you do. But if we're just posting stuff to post A and post to go viral or to hop on a trend, it becomes really unclear actually what you do and what you're trying to accomplish for people. So right. Well, what do you think about what do you (laughs) right? Exactly. Exactly. What do you think about the idea of being on all platforms? Because as a social media manager, I tell all of my clients, like you at least need like two or three places to be. You know what I mean? Because like not everybody's on Instagram, not everybody's on Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is. But for myself, I swear, I when I get one Instagram reel out, I am like so proud of myself. I don't want to look at yeah. TikTok. <laughs> I don't want to like go on LinkedIn. I don't want to look at Facebook. Like, you know what I mean? So, So what's your take on it for yourself, but also for your business? Yeah, I get asked this all the time. That's one of the golden questions aside from how often do I post? So what time do I I post? (laughs) Oh gosh, yeah, don't even get me started. I I think the thing that I tell people, and this is part of the strategy that I work through with brands is, again, what are you trying to accomplish? But also who is your audience and where are they living or the target market that you're trying to serve? Because if you are, for example you know, I'm going to be honest, if you're creating a product for like people over 50, 
your audience is probably not on TikTok. So you probably don't need to be on TikTok. So assessing that, but also assessing what is your content output capabilities look like? Like how often are you able to create video content? Are you even capable of creating video content? And obviously working with someone like yourself, Sam, like they could outsource a lot of that stuff too. But like if they're a client that's remote and you're not near them, you can't create content for them that's a lot of that's going to fall on them or it's going to fall on a partner that you're collaborating with. So like if video isn't in the cards, like obviously you can't be on TikTok, Instagram, you could be on there without video, but video as we know is very important. So thinking again, like I said, target market output, and then also just what is your bandwidth for creating content too? Because I always tell people that I always recommend at least creating a semi-unique experience on the different platforms. It doesn't have to be completely unique content. I know that's really difficult for a lot of people, especially small businesses or personal brands where it's just like us and maybe one other person helping us. So figuring out what is that unique nuance on the different platforms. And even if it's just switching up the caption slightly, like that's always the goal because we want people to follow us on all the different platforms. But I tell people too, especially, you know, going back to bandwidth for a second, if you can start to your point, Sam, with like two or three platforms, do that. And that's going to depend on, again, the industry, the target market. If you're a very business-focused brand or you're a B2B brand or you talk to professionals all the time, LinkedIn is probably really important for you to be on. If you're trying to garner media attention and like talk to the press, you should probably be on Twitter. You know, there's, there's different platforms for different purposes. So really assessing all those different areas, just going through this checklist in your mind and you'll formulate a couple of those platforms that you should at least start with. And you can always grow over time. That's the other thing I tell people, like don't bite off more than you can chew immediately, especially if you're building your brand and you're not 100% sure yet of your brand identity. Like don't feel like you have to be on like seven platforms because it's going to get really overwhelming. And it's going to be confusing too, as you're like putting all these different messages out. And yeah, just don't do that. So yeah. I think that's where like burnout comes into, especially with the personal brand side of it, because it's just you, you know what I mean? And it's, it's hard. Like it's really hard. Like when you're like our generation and our age is like creating content, like that is a lot of people's jobs. Genuinely, like that is like Mm -hmm. what people get paid to do. Whereas older generations are like, all you're doing is putting a video up. And it's like, yeah. you know how much time it took to even just think of this idea, you know, yeah. like, like thinking actually it takes a long time. And that's where the burnout yes. comes in is like, there is what, 365 days in a year. Apparently you're supposed to post a reel every day. You know, you're supposed yeah. to do this. You're supposed to post at the right time, have the right hashtags, all of that stuff. And again, this could be a whole nother episode about just like social media and content in general. Yeah. But at the end of the yeah. day, like, don't overwork yourself. You know what I mean? Because burnout is real, especially in the social media industry, especially when you're like so passionate about it. You want it to grow so fast that you're like, if I just Mm -hmm. like put all this stuff out, if I just on every platform, like I'll be good. And then in a month's time, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna suck. So yeah. So moral of the story is like, don't burn yourself out only like take on as much as you feel like you can at that time and then build off. Yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be the same consistently for years to come. Like you said, 
think of your starting point where, what can you do now with the bandwidth that you have with the team that you have? If it's just you, like what time do you have available? Cause social media is a time suck. And then there is more that goes into it versus just like, like I love Emily in Paris, the show, but Mm -hmm. it's not just like taking a quick selfie and like throwing it up on Instagram. Like it's, there's so much more to that or there should be more to that. I know for a lot of people there isn't and it's just like willy nilly. And if it's like your personal portfolio, just to throw up photos, like great, like do what you want to do with it. But from a business standpoint or a personal brand standpoint, if you are creating content for a reason, there should be an intention and strategy behind it. And building an intention and strategy takes a lot of time. So figure out where your time's available, start there, and you can always grow from there. Because I always tell people too, like you don't want to give 5% to each platform. Like your bandwidth is taken up by other projects too that you have in your business life. So try to come full force in a couple platforms at least to start. And then as your bandwidth is released in different areas, you know, you can always build from there. So yeah, great, great question and thought there. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. I mean, on the topic of burnout, I know that entrepreneurship kind of like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode is like, extremely romanticized. And I talked about this with another guest about being a digital nomad and how working and traveling, like getting paid to travel essentially is like the best thing you could do. Everyone wants to do it. Mm -hmm. So I was asking her what the truth, what the truths are that she feels while working and traveling. So for you, what would you say is like a misconception or something that you didn't really expect becoming an, of becoming an entrepreneur now that you have been one for a decent amount of time? Yeah, well, I think specifically, and we already touched on this a little bit, but with social media in the world of marketing, I still think there's a huge misunderstanding around it about the work involved. Like, do we take marketing professionals seriously? Like, is it actually a real real career? Like, there's always still all of these questions around it, especially with older generations. So I think that's why there's a deeper need And there's going to continue to be a need for education around that and the importance of strategy. Like I said, I think for a while, there was this age that everyone wanted to become a social media manager. Like everyone was starting businesses and all this stuff, which is awesome. Like I am a champion for entrepreneurs. I'm a champion for people that want to start businesses. But I think a lot of times people don't know how much work is involved and the work involved specifically in marketing to actually make that marketing pay off. So I think that's the biggest thing. And that's the thing that's really going to set marketers apart is how much attention to detail in the building stages, in the strategy phases is uh, put into a client relationship. So I think that's the biggest thing. And then, like I said, too, just the fact that entrepreneurship is not all just rainbows and butterflies. Like, yes, there's a lot of positives and I'm so grateful for it every single day, even though there are challenges. Mm -hmm. But we have to learn and adapt a lot. Every day is different, at least for me and what I do. And you never know when you wake up the next day if there's a challenge with a client or maybe you found out something like with your bank and your finances is off. And there because you have to manage all these different areas that you normally wouldn't being in a corporate position. And so for me, my recommendation is, especially for someone who's never been in the world of entrepreneurship and they want to, is 
do your due diligence now to learn about bookkeeping and in managing your finances. Learn about how to sell and how to build connections and how to reach out to people. Learn how to build a website even, you know, because right. you have to get scrappy at least in the beginning stages of things. And there's a lot of different boxes to check, you know, creating an LLC, creating an escort. Like there's so many things that you just would never realize you have to manage and to to work on. And it's it's a lot. So doing your due diligence, preparation, learn about all that stuff. And even once you get started, like reach out to people, have people in your circle who do those things well, even if that's not their proficiency. Like if you have an entrepreneur in your life who like does a really good job at managing their team or their finances or is a really good leader, like having those conversations, asking what's worked well, what hasn't worked well. Connections is huge for doing well in this industry and even just in entrepreneurship in general. So yeah, those are the biggest things. I'm curious, what is your biggest misconception? What do you think? I think everything that's romanticized about being an entrepreneur is a misconception. So like the time freedom thing, that's that's true to an extent. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have right. the freedom to do whatever you want but you're also working all the time, you know? And it's like, it's not, you can't understand it unless you're an entrepreneur. Like, it's just not something that somebody in the corporate world is like, what do you mean you have freedom when you work all the time? But it's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's a two, tomorrow's Tuesday and I'm going to New York on a a random Tuesday in February. You know what I mean? It's like things like that. That's what I talk about when I say freedom is like, I can bring my work with me. I can tell all my clients, hey, I'm going to get all this stuff done by this date. I'll be at office tomorrow. Talk to me on Wednesday type of thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, as much truth comes along with time freedom of an entrepreneur and just freedom in general, I think that that is a big misconception that like I wasn't aware of until I started was I'll just work like three hours a day and then I'll be good. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not really the truth of the matter. But again, because you have the freedom to, like you are your own boss, you know, like you're the one that's making all the decisions. You don't have to go through anybody else. And that's what I think kind of goes with that misconception is that when you're making the decisions, when you're the one that has like full control over when you work, when you don't work, what clients you take on, how much money you're making, all of that stuff. It's a lot to handle. Like you said, like you really have to learn about all of that stuff before you jump all in. But that's just like the beauty of entrepreneurship. And I'm the same. Like if somebody tells me they want to start a business, I'm always like, how can I help? Like, I love this stuff. I love talking about it. I love like inspiring people to do it. And, and I personally love what I do. So it just makes sense. You know, like all of it just makes sense. All of the challenges, all of the like struggles that we face on a day-to-day basis. It just like, it's worth it to me because I can travel. Like genuinely, if I'm going to put it in one sentence, it's like, because I can travel the world and like do what I love. All of that stuff is like, I can deal with it, you know? You know? So like, yes, there's tons of misconceptions. Yes, there's tons of challenges. Absolutely. That come with it. Like there's not a day that goes by that I'm not thinking like, it was this the right decision? Like this sucks right now. You know, how am I going to afford this? How am I going to make this back or whatever? But you have to just take, you have to pick your battles basically. Because if you work in the corporate yeah. world, there's absolutely tons of challenges that you're going to face there as well. So I say pick your battles too. Yeah, 100%. And I think I said this earlier 
today, but like be forward thinking and have ulterior motives outside of like just wanting to make extra money. Like, yes, the the income potential being an entrepreneur is is big. Like there's endless opportunities. Like we could do a million different things. Like Sam, you could create courses and you could develop like all these different offerings under right. the umbrella that you have. And there's huge earning potential, which is a great motivator. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the opportunity to make a lot of money. And I also love the opportunity to get a lot of time available to me if I plan accordingly. And if I plan it out in advance, let clients know. But don't let that be your only motivator. Have an, an additional reason, like whether it's to use your authority in the space or your experience to add value to people, to help people, like that can be your other motivator. Because I'll tell you, like when finances aren't good, or I feel like I've been working nonstop and I haven't had time away for several weeks, like if that was my only reason to keep going, I would fizzle out and I would be done oh, yeah. like so quickly. So having something else to look forward to, think about the yeah. future. Like if finances aren't good this month, like, okay, great. What can I do? moving forward to make sure I get the income going up again. Like what can I do to work harder next time? Or if my time has been sucked away from work, all right, great. I need to schedule a vacation for two weeks. Like yeah, plan ahead, look forward, like figure out what you need to do to like keep, keep those going well. But again, having something else that is your like North star that you look forward to all the time. That's like your other reason for, for doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, all of that is important and keeping that in the back of your mind when you are deciding to like go on to this track as opposed to like the easy track, you know? 100%. I think it's, it's important. You have to like remind yourself every day, like, why am I doing this? How can I get better? You know, how can I make a change to like actually enjoy what I'm doing? And then yeah. in a sense, like, I think that it just comes easier, you know, when you have something to look forward to, when you when you're planning, when you're, when you have like that inspiration, that like passion, you know what I mean? It's like, it makes things a lot easier to do as opposed to just like, like we were talking about before, when you make something your job, it's going to feel like a chore some days, if not most days. So having something behind it to be like, this is why I'm doing this will get you through it. Yeah. Passion is fuel 100%. I know it sounds cheesy, but you clearly this whole podcast like is what, cheesy yeah. <laughs> this whole pod like this whole entire podcast is like I the love cliches it. of all cliches so no it's, I, I it's love amazing. it <laughs> it's amazing no but like seriously like you've said a few times already like you love what you're doing you're excited to do every day and that's because you're passionate about it and again if money and having time flexibility is the only reason you're doing it and you're not passionate about it like if i wanted to start like a t-shirt business and I could care less about creating t-shirts. Like I could care less about any of that, but I'm just like, Oh, I can make some quick cash doing this. Like I'm going to, again, the motivation is going to die so quickly. So that why slash that passion of why you're doing what you're doing. And also I think the best businesses, by the way, are like formulated from your passions. So looking at what you do outside of work, if you are still in the corporate space, for example, and you love to go home and you love to train dogs or whatever like maybe that's a that's a sign that you should potentially start a business there because you're fueled by that enjoyment and that love right. of doing it and i think that's again what keeps people going when they start their businesses yeah yeah definitely well thank you so much this was amazing i think there's so much Absolutely. value that people can take out of this and also 
I don't want it to come off as if like we know exactly what we're doing because yeah. I can guarantee you <laughs> that we're both not. like, what? what's tomorrow look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, take this episode with a grain of salt, but also like it's very important to keep all of these things in the back of your mind when you are navigating entrepreneurship, especially at a young age. Because like, like you said, it seems like everybody's just starting a business now and, and that's great, yeah. but there's so much more that comes along with it. So thank you yes. again for being on. This is amazing. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's so much fun. I love your show and I appreciate everything you're doing. Aww. So so thank glad you. to be a part of it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.